I'm not gonna lie, I'm sitting <laughs> I'm sitting here at my desk where I record this podcast and I'm setting up the app that I use to record it. <laughs> and I, I I know this is gonna be totally lame for all of you out there in podcast listening land, but I honestly had forgotten some of the buttons I'm supposed to press to get this set up to record. Um, because it's been a while. I'm, I, I took a little bit of a breather. I went pretty nonstop in 2020. The podcast started in at the end of 2019 and ran all through 2020. I did 45 episodes of the Texas Trailhead podcast in 2020 through a pandemic. Thank you very much. Um, but once the year ended and I hit my, um, year anniversary, I took a little bit of a breather. Um, we are in the beginning of March. It's currently March 3rd when I'm speaking into the microphone and took January and February off, went on some adventures around Texas, did some hiking. But one of the other things that I've been doing is, and I'll, I'll talk more about it, and some upcoming episodes is not only continuing to do some research on the El Camino Real trail there. And let me just sidebar that really quickly, you know, going into working on the research of the Camino Real, I knew was going to be a bit of a, uh, a project, if you will. And, the thing of it is, is Texas's story is so layered and there's so many different aspects of it. And uh, we're one day after Texas Independence Day. You know, there's the there's the Spanish, there's the French, there's the, 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 the Texas pioneers that came in, the first 300 settlers, the, which are a lot more of the names that you're probably more familiar with, uh, Stephen F. Austin's and Davy Crockett's and the Alamo, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there's a lot and, and I want to make sure I get all the information. And I, and I think that I have a good general idea of kind of where I want to start the story. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit more. So there was a little bit of that. And then the other kind of part of what I've been spending January and February doing is, um, working on the Texas trailhead e-commerce store. I have some merch that I am going to be releasing to the public um, for sale. I'm pretty excited about that. The Texas Trailhead as a as a brand is definitely something that was always part of this picture, going on the adventures and inspiring others to get outside is definitely the 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 story of the Texas Trailhead. And what comes with that is that everyone is part of that adventure and anyone that I inspire to get outside because it helps them with their mental health or helps them with their physical health or just gives them something to do in their spare time is a fellow trailhead. And just because, um, just because you're a listener or reading or watch any of the videos, like you're part of the group and the, the clothing and the, the gifts and the gadgets and all the things that will be coming out in the future are, are a way to celebrate your love of the Texas outdoors and a really good way to show support 
of all of the things that go on with this um I guess technically we're we're now a, a one person company so I'm pretty excited about that. I got some official documents over the last few months and we're we're ready to rock and roll and I definitely owe it all to all of you out there listening and especially some of those people that have been listening since day 1 and letting me ramble into the microphone. Uh, I'm pretty excited to tell some of the stories up uh, up here in the next few months for the first 15 episode season. There's some some places that I went to for the first time um, over the last couple months, and then there's some a really special place that I went to on a year exactly one year um, apart. And if you follow the the website or the YouTube channel, I suggest you go check both of those out immediately. You might already know some of those places. A lot of what I'm going to be talking about are things that I have already written about. So, but just expand on them a little bit more. But I'm I'm excited to get into it. We have some other things coming up in the future. Some uh, National Camp at Home Day, uh, National Kamek Day. Um, or National Hammock Day featuring Kamek. Hopefully we'll get that going. Um, so some some pretty interesting things coming up. So I'm excited for y'all uh, to enjoy these episodes. I'm ready to get back into the groove and, and, and add this back into everyone's enjoyment cycle. I know things are or it's been kind of weird out there. Texas, we just had our, our winter, winter apocalypse and here in central Texas, we got it pretty bad. And, you know, I'm really fortunate that where we live in central Texas, we weren't as affected as much as some of the other people that I know, or that I've seen on TV. And it, it could have been a lot worse, but you know we're grateful, and every day is a gift, and we are so appreciative of everything we have, and um, you know. But one of the things that always happens, I feel like, when 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 things get stressful like that, is just the signs of encouragement from the community coming together to help each other out, and that's always really a positive sign in it makes me feel really happy and and warm on the inside to know that we at the end of the day will stick stick to each other to help each other out and um that's really neat and then some other some other news that may be coming out um with the parks the the governor our governor of Texas Greg Abbott has um enacted some some policies that will be ending or leaving it up to the businesses. And so we'll be curious to see what the uh, the Texas State Parks decide to do as far as some of their policies with masks and whatnot. So stay tuned for some of that information. But uh, yeah, I hope, uh, hope everyone out there in Texas Trailhead podcast land is doing fantastic. Um, uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for all of you and thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, let's get into these episodes for 2021. Welcome to the Texas Trailhead Podcast. Join me, Danny Laurel, as I share stories from the trails around Texas and more. I'll also talk about my favorite gear to use, camping tips, and feature interviews from others who enjoy the outdoors. So grab your backpack and put on your hiking shoes. This is the Texas Trailhead.
This podcast is brought to you in part by Cairn Subscription Boxes. You can get $10 towards your Cairn account when you sign up with code JDT782. And that's the Cairn Subscription Box. This podcast is also supported by listeners just like you. When you go to the Texas Trailhead shop and pick up the newest souvenirs that are available, you can find things like lapel pins, stickers, or decals on the website. All of those purchases go to help support the website. So check it out at thetexastrailhead.com and then just head over to the shop tab and look for all the new merchandise. The falls! Go to the falls! Check out the falls! What's the deal with the falls? That's what everyone wants to talk about when hyping up Colorado Bend State Park. So let's get one thing out of the way. The falls are amazing. They're so cool. They're so awesome. They're definitely worth checking out. But this state park is much more than the falls. The hiking here was intense. The views of the hill country are majestic. And the river itself is a definite draw. So is it ranch land or state park? Colorado Bend. Getting to the state park is a unique experience because you need to traverse a few ranch roads just to get to the entrance. You see the arrow pointing where to go, but then you go through an open gate and over the cattle guard, and it's almost like you're at one of those drive through safaris. Well, except it's cows. The park itself used to be part of the Gorman and Lemons ranches, so thankfully the owners understood its importance and broke off a piece to give to the state of Texas and the Parks Department. And one thing to note, this park does close during the winter on select days for hunting. So please check ahead for times if it's opened or closed. It's a long drive for a lot of people and there's really not much to do close by. So I actually got a little bit nervous because I got there and there were some signs that it was closed. And I was like, there's no way they wouldn't have let me um, book. I can't believe it. Um, and then I, I asked the, the the nice lady at the check-in. And she had explained to me about the hunting, and I kind of wanted to be like, well, I'm, if I didn't live so far away, I might have just turned around. But hey, I got in, and I'm here to, I live to tell the story. So the terrain at Colorado Bend State Park is filled with trees, there's water everywhere, and limestone rocks jetting out on either side of you and up from the ground. But more on that in a bit. And this state park features points of interest that are more visual rather than historical, but they are all grandiose in comparison to other parks. So in terms of camping, right off the bat, if you have the opportunity to snag a campsite on the river, do it. The only concern would be for a flash flood from the river because you're literally on the bank of Colorado River. But, you know, that's a minor detail. And so the campsites are really all by the water. So let's just make that clear. But there are some additional campsites right on the bank of the water. And you're just the way the way the river opens up right there. It's so just open and you have the backdrop of the other side of the river. And it's just really cool. 
With the exception of the backcountry primitive camping, the campsites are all relatively close to the water, like I was saying. Um, but there are some more sites above the riverbank that are a little bit more roomy and allow for RVs. But it's important to know that there are zero dump stations at this park. So you're literally taking it all out with you. Just if you're an RVer, just something to keep in mind. The camping area feels really airy and roomy and just one big community of campers. On the far ends of the campsites are the day use areas for picnicking and swimming or fishing opportunities. And the Colorado River is very grand with the stone wall as its backdrop. Here is where you'll also find your gift shop area for souvenirs and campsite information. So the Colorado Bend Primitive Camping, or what they'll call the backcountry. There are two sections of backcountry primitive sites. There's the backcountry river and backcountry windmill. The park recommends limiting these sites to only four people as they are low traffic areas, but it is worth noting that the windmill campsite is the farthest away from the river, so it may feel like you're deeper into the backcountry. The river site is near the water and closest to the other sites and headquarters. The windmill site is about a mile away from the parking lot, so not super far if you wanted to hike back and forth. But as they are all primitive sites, neither have restrooms, but you should know that by now. So there are a few recommended points of interest that I think everyone should check out. Overall, there are seven points of interest at Colorado Bend State Park, but these sites that I visited were highly recommended. So the first one is the River Overlook. This overlook is accessible from the Falls and Tie Slide Trail. Number two is the Tinaja, or the Tanaja, as I kept calling it in my video. It's an amazing bowl formation in the middle of the hill country. And if you watch the video, there's a funny moment when I showed you the Tanaja, and then I realized um, 50 yards away that I was actually not at the right spot when I found the actual Tanaja. Third point of interest is Gorman Spring. There's a spring trail where you can hike along the flowing spring water and it is lovely. And then, of course, four, which I'm going to get to in a bit, is Gorman Falls. So as far as hiking goes, there are 14 trails here. One four. 14. 14. 12 of those are over one mile, and two of them are almost five miles. This wasn't something that was apparent before heading to the park, so reading the trail map was a little bit more daunting than expected. The Tanaja Trail is 2.8 miles. It's considered the most challenging trail of the park, but the Dogleg Canyon Trail is 1.3 miles, the Gorman Falls Trail 1.5 miles in one direction, and the Spicewood Canyon Trail 3 miles and the Spicewood Springs Trail 1.3 miles are all considered challenging as well. So here are some recommendations. One, of course, bring plenty of water and wear comfortable shoes. Not just sneakers for cushion. You'll need to bring suitable footwear that will hold up to the rigors of the limestone rocks that you're going to run your toes into all day long. You hearing me? You hearing me? Those rocks are no joke. And you're not just walking on pebbles. You're walking on like pointy edges of the rocks. 
The lugs on the soles should be grippy and be spread out evenly so the pointed edges don't push directly into your feet either. And that's something I learned, unfortunately, the hard way with the Solomons that I wear. Some of the lugs towards the front of my foot are just a little bit more spaced out. And the way that these rocks were, they were just going right in between the lugs, right into the bottom of my foot. So anyways, so some may say, I hike to Gorman Falls in my flip-flops. Well, good for you. These recommendations are for longer hikes and just a great way to protect your feet. And if you're hiking in flip-flops, you know, then you're a rock star, I guess. I don't There's no trophies for hiking. You should also have some trekking poles ready to go just in case, because a lot of this terrain is fairly even, but there are only a few sections where the elevation changes drastically. But there are sections when the gravel is loose and having something to balance your weight on is definitely helpful. I'll put links in the description of this episode to the trail map and the park map so you can check it out to give yourself a little bit of a a heads up. So the Gorman Falls tie slide overlook is a little bit of a recap that I'm going to go into now just from my personal experience. The Gorman Falls trail is the big draw, but it's also the first one after entering the park. When I arrived, the ranger said that most people do it first as opposed to backtracking because it's best to do earlier in the day when it's cooler. And I figured it's right there. Let me just get it done. Um, The other part with that, too, was at the time of day, you can kind of avoid a little bit of the um, extra crowd. So when I went to Colorado Bend, it was a brisk 36 degrees, but I figured I would hike down there, check it out before the rest of the crowd arrived. See see what all the fuss is about. When you get into the park, you're going to drive down a dirt road to get to the trailhead. And there you'll see the gate and the trailhead signage. The trail starts off fairly reminiscent for a hill country park. Open spaces, mesquite and oak trees, and hills off in the distance. After half a mile, you're greeted with a sign pointing left for the Tie Slide Overlook Trail. I definitely recommend checking this trail out to enjoy the scenic overlook that's at the end. There's a wooden deck that sits high above the Colorado River below. The bend here is noticeable, and the view is quite remarkable. The deck has plenty of space for people to gather and get their photos for the Graham, but on this day I took my pictures in peace, all alone. Hiking back to the Gorman Falls Trail from here puts you at almost two miles right off the bat. Once you're back on the Falls Trail, you'll start to notice a slight descent and see more trees. And start to feel the rocks in the bottom of your feet. I'm not going to let it go. I'm telling you, there's rocks everywhere. If you have visited or read the Longhorn Cavern post that I did, then you may remember reading about the karsts. These geological wonders that form with soluble rock material let water flow through and create caverns. You get a sense of that at Colorado Bend. The rocks on this trail start to get a little flatter and smoother, and then suddenly, through the trees, the sound changes. No longer are you hearing the wind blowing through the leaves but something more steady.
the sound of rushing water. You get the false falls first. Just beyond a large boulder is some runoff water from the spring up above. A few more steps, and then you see the rock stairs. There's a wrapped cable to hold you steady, and you're going to need to pace yourself here. The limestone rocks have been smoothed down with years of foot traffic, and they are slippery. But the sound of the water becomes louder, and then you see the water flowing out from the trees to your right. You make it down to the bottom, and there it is. The Gorman Falls. Sixty-five feet of water flowing from the spring above and forming the travertine formations. There is also a wooden deck here to enjoy the view as thankfully the water here is roped off to protect its fragile environment. From here you can walk over and check out the Colorado River as well, but the falls and the water flowing from it are really, really pretty. The Tanaha Trail, 2.8 miles. Where do you go after seeing something that majestic? Well, you tighten your laces and head over to the most difficult trail at the park. This description is what I read on the map almost halfway into this hike. Wasn't that prepared. From the falls, you'll cross over a dry creek bed. Well, it was dry at the time of my visit. And wind around to a trail crossroads. If you just keep going straight, you'll hop onto the Tanaja Trail. This trail starts like the rest, pretty flat and through some trees, but then the trail becomes narrow, and the hillside to your right gets a little higher, and then some sections start to feel as you're hiking next to a wall. The difficulty rating from this trail is probably because of the rocks. There are a ton of rocks that jet out every which way. I got rocks! But this is also where you'll see some elevation changes. Eventually, you'll start to notice the trees get lower and lower, and you'll arrive at a scenic overlook that shows an open, carved-out, tree-covered section of the park. It's really neat to see the rocks through the trees and the birds cascading below. There are oaks, cacti, and armadillos all over this park, so there's such a nice blend of wildlife. Continue on and you'll start to descend a bit and come up on the Tanaja. According to the map, it's a bedrock depression carved by springs and seeps. So over time, the water would flow down into the canyon, leaving this bowl behind. The water was a bit stagnant, but you could see plenty of growth and the birds were flying all around, enjoying a quick bath. The trail continues back up to the opposite side of the canyon, and here the rock walls start to take a bit more shape to your side. Watch your step and enjoy the views. At the end of the Tanaja Trail, you're smack dab in the middle of the park. Eventually, you'll come to the Cedar Chopper Loop and have some decisions to make. Hop on the Cedar Chopper Loop, which is 2.3 miles, and head towards the Lemon Ridge Pass, which is 4.9 miles. Or stay on the loop and either choose the Dogleg Canyon at 1.3 miles or the short route to the Old Gorman Road Trail, which is only a mile. Because I was still parked at my original Falls Trailhead, I opted to hop on the Gorman Road Trail so I could loop around back towards the beginning. 
At the end of the road, you'll see an inconspicuous building in an open field. That is the conference center, and it seems like it hadn't held a motivational team meeting in quite some time, but here's where you'll see water again. Now, now listen here. <laughs> I don't condone going behind barriers, but if you listen closely and follow the water that you see here, you can figure out where the spring flows and turns into the falls at this location. Just be mindful of the signs, and I'll just leave it at that. Now, the Gorman Spring Trail is right behind the conference center, and you cross this little footbridge and walk along the spring-fed creek through what I felt like was the prettiest part of this park. The clear washing water through the trees, the leaves falling down, the armadillos foraging for food in the dirt, the warning sign for mountain lions that live at the park. You know, we're just going to ignore that. But it's all quite naturey. Just absorb all the nature. Stop and take it all in. It is picturesque indeed and a great way to end the day out on the trail. The creek is home for one of the purest strains of Guadalupe bass, but alas, you cannot fish on the creek, so leave the fish and take the memories. There are a couple other trails to visit that I quickly want to mention. Um, I'd probably hop on the Spicewood Springs Trail, it's 1.3 miles, and the Full Lemons Ridge Pass, which is 4.9 miles. I feel like each would showcase some of the best aspects of this park, with one being the water and the other being the hill country, respectively. So if you've been to Colorado Bend and you enjoyed it, what were your favorite parts of the park? You can leave a message through the Anchor website. Just find this podcast on anchor.fm. It'll be in the description. Or send me a message on the Facebook page or on Instagram. Heck, wherever you follow the Texas Trailhead Um Holla, holla at your boy. Let me know about the Colorado Bend, your visit, and some of your favorite things. You can learn more about this park and the recap in the website, and then you can watch the full video on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash the Texas Trailhead and watch my Colorado Bend State Park recap and see it in all of its glory. Thanks for listening. Till next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. <laughs>